Welcome to Gateway Church Cymru, church where anyone can be transformed by the story of Jesus. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. And this sermon series is called Songs of the Season. Songs of the Season. And we're going to be basing ourselves over the next couple of weeks in the Gospels. And we're going to be looking at this morning, we're going to look at two different Gospel passages. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 1 verse 18 to 25, first of all. And then we're going to look at Luke chapter 2, verse 1 to 7. And the notes for this message are on the website if you uh, take notes this morning. There are extra points in heaven if you take notes. But uh, here we go. So Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to 25. And it says this. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, She became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and didn't want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit and she will have a son. And you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel that the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. And then we're going to jump down to Luke chapter 2, verse 1 to 7. And it says this. At that time, the Roman emperor, Augustus, decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinus was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Christmas is coming and all the preparations have begun. Christmas songs are starting to play on the radio. I started to hear a few of them, uh, even as I was traveling down to church this morning. Christmas songs are in the shops. If you go into the shops, I'm sure you've heard them. All the windows in the shops are already dressed, ready for Christmas. People are starting to decorate their homes ready for Christmas. I've seen more and more every time I take Charlie out for a walk. And I know that some people have had them up since June this year as well. So maybe you have as well. But Christmas decorations are flying up this year. They're everywhere. Amazon delivery drivers, they're on the road. I'm passing them all the time. Seems like they call it in my house every five minutes. Uh, And people are beginning to order their Christmas gifts. Films are starting to appear on Channel 5. Anybody like the Channel 5 Hallmark films? And, And the Netflix films as well. All the Christmas films are starting to come on TV. And even some people are starting to buy their Christmas food. And why wouldn't you with fantastic deals in Dave's Family Butchers at this time of year? Head in if you haven't already to get your turkeys. But everybody is starting to prepare for Christmas. 
It's a, an incredible time of year. The countdown for Christmas has begun. And there's a little tradition that I have and I've started to have over the last couple of years. And it's something that I do on December the 1st every single year. And that is to make a Christmas playlist on my phone. It's the first thing that I do on December the 1st to help me get into the, the Christmas spirit, to get into the Christmas mood. And this playlist consists of all of my favorite songs of the season, my songs for Christmas. And I've got a few on there. Michael Bublé's always on there. You've got a few others as well, classic Christmas songs. And over the next couple of weeks, I just want to talk about some of those songs of the season, some of the songs of Christmas. And there's one song that's always one of the first that I put into the playlist. It's usually the same songs every year. And it's a song by Andy Williams. I don't know if you know Andy Williams, but it was written back in 1963, this song. And it's a song called, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. I'm not going to sing it for you this morning. Don't worry about that. But it is one of my favorite songs. It's a a song that lifts the spirit. It's, It's an amazing song because it talks about the joy that the Christmas season begins, uh, the, the Christmas season brings. The song talks about everybody being of good cheer. And that's what we associate with Christmas, don't we? It talks about parties and get-togethers with family members and friends and loved ones. It talks about roasting marshmallows by the fire. I fancy doing that this afternoon. It talks about singing carols in the snow. I love the snow. I know my grandmother who's here, she hates the snow, but it talks about singing carols in the snow. It talks about people falling in love and it talks about children jingle belling. It's an amazing song and it's an uplifting song. It sounds amazing, doesn't it? That type of Christmas. It's the most wonderful time of the year and it's the Christmas we all dream of, isn't it? We'd all like something like that with family and friends and happiness and joy and parties and warmth. That's what we want for Christmas. However, what happens when our Christmas doesn't line up with Andy Williams' song. What happens when Christmas doesn't look like the most wonderful time of the year? Especially this year with COVID. Especially with all the changes this year, without with the restrictions, with seeing family members and friends over the Christmas period. With no Christmas parties this year. With no nativities in school. With no great celebrations here in church this Christmas. What happens when Christmas doesn't line up with Andy Williams' song that it's the most wonderful time of the year? You know, as we come to these two Bible passages that we've read this morning from, both these Gospels, Matthew and Luke, they actually show us that the experience that Mary and Joseph had is actually completely the opposite of Andy Williams' song and it being the most wonderful time of the year. Rather than singing about marshmallows roasting by the fire, rather than talking about gathering with families, members and friends, rather than having fun, Mary and Joseph having fun at Christmas, the Bible actually tells us that Mary and Joseph had adversity and difficulty on that first Christmas. They had adversity socially and politically. And on top of that, they had this incredibly high call of God upon their lives, a call which I'm sure none of us would be able to bear on their lives. Now, Matthew's gospel, Matthew chapter one and verse 18 to 25, it talks about Jesus's birth and it puts this emphasis on Joseph's story. It tells us in verse 18 that Mary and Joseph, they were engaged to be married. 
I'm sure it was an exciting time for them. They were looking forward to get married. I'm sure that Mary, she was probably looking around for the wedding dress of her dreams. I'm sure she was traveling around the shops, looking in all the magazines. They were preparing, sending out invites. Who's going to come along to the wedding? It was an exciting time for them. However, not long into their engagement, Joseph finds out that Mary was pregnant and he knew that he wasn't the father. Can you imagine, first of all, just the pain and the heartbreak of finding that out? That you're the person who you love, the person you're engaged to is is having a child and it's not yours. You know, Joseph knew that this would mean the end of his and Mary's relationship. I'm sure he was afraid. What would people say to find out that Mary was pregnant? What would family members say? What would friends say about that? I'm sure that Joseph had all these doubts and all these fears running through his mind. However, instead of shaming Mary publicly, he decides to, to quietly break off this engagement. So he's planning and preparing to cut off this engagement with Mary. But what happens next is a miracle. It's a complete and utter miracle. One night when Joseph is asleep in bed, the Bible tells us that an angel comes to him with a message. How many of you know this morning that angels are real? They aren't just made up characters out of a book. They are real angels, are real. The Bible tells us that our God is the God of angel armies. He is, uh, angels are real. And an angel appears to Joseph in a dream. And he says in verse 20 to 22, he says that this child that Mary is carrying was actually conceived by the Holy Spirit. This was a divine conception. And he says that this son, which you will have, He's come to save the people from their sins. This is an incredible message that the angel brings. Now, Joseph, he was probably stressed out enough. Stressed out, first of all, with all the marriage preparation, but then also stressed out to find out that his wife, uh, his wife-to-be was carrying a baby who wasn't his. But now he receives this message and he has to come to terms with the fact that he's going to be the earthly father of God in the flesh. He's going to be the earthly father of the son of God. Can you imagine that responsibility? Can you imagine hearing that, hearing that none of us will ever, ever understand that and what that truly means? But he had to be the earthly father of the son of God. You can imagine that Joseph was pretty stressed out at that time. I'm sure it wasn't the most wonderful time of year for Joseph. It doesn't sound like it, does it? But then you add on top of that. All the political stresses and the societal stresses at that time as well that him and Mary would encounter. There was a lot going on in that time in Nazareth, in Galilee, because the Romans were occupying that area. There was a lot of tension politically between the Romans and the Jews. And the Romans were ruling in that area at that time. There was a lot of fighting and struggling between the Romans and the Jews. And the Romans, they worshipped other gods, whereas the people of Israel, they worshipped the one true God, Yahweh. They belonged to him. So there was a lot of tensions. And because of the Roman rule in that area, there was a census that was called. The Romans wanted to count all the peoples. They uh, They wanted to register all the people. And so they sent out this request that everyone would have to travel back to their hometown and go and get registered in the census. Now, in the nativity story, when we do nativities here in church, as we have done in the past, and you see them in schools, you see Mary and Joseph, and all they have to do is walk a few feet. And there they are in Bethlehem, from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Doesn't seem that far. 
But in reality, many Bible scholars tell us that it actually would have taken them over a week to get to Bethlehem from Nazareth. This wasn't an easy traveling situation. And you've got to remember, no car, no trains, no buses, no planes. You had to travel here on foot and on donkey. Add on to that, Mary was now in the third trimester of pregnancy. I'll never be pregnant. I won't know what that is, but I'm sure all the women would agree that that was probably a difficult journey for her at that time. But they would have had to take clothes with them. They would have had to take and carried food and water and sustenance for the long journey. And not only that, they would have had to be looking out for danger because it was a dangerous place. There was no street, uh, street lights or safe roads from Nazareth to Bethlehem in that time. It was out in the wilderness, out in the wilderness, out in the desert, and there were lions, bears, and thieves. Anything could have happened to them on that journey. Doesn't sound like the most wonderful time of year, does it? That journey that they had to make. But then to make matters worse, when they arrive in Bethlehem, the place is packed out. It's full. It's overrun with people who have come there for the census. And Joseph and Mary, they didn't have the privilege of jumping on their phone and booking in a premier in well in advance. They couldn't have that privilege. So they had to go around and try and find some room to stay. But they couldn't find anywhere. And the Bible tells us that when they are in Bethlehem, that Mary goes into labor. Talk about a stressful Christmas. We think we have stressful Christmases. Does that sound like the most wonderful time of year to you? It doesn't to me. You know, that is a difficult time. That first Christmas would have probably been the most stressful Christmas of all time. You know, Christmas time can be difficult, can't it? And even now, yes, Mary and Joseph experienced difficulties, but even now, Christmas can be a difficult time of the year. As I said, Andy Williams released that song, It's the Most Wonderful Time of Year, over 50 years ago. But there is still pressure on you and me to make Christmas the pinnacle of happiness. We want Christmas to be the best time of the year. We want celebrations. We want joy. We want happiness. We want it to be the best time. But the reality is we all face pressure to try and make it that. You know, with the increase in social media, with TV, with all these different things, this hasn't helped us because we all want the picture-perfect Christmas, don't we? We all want an Instagram Christmas We want our homes to look amazing like all the celebrities. We want it to look perfect with no dust, with no verse anyway. We want it to look amazing like something out of the OK magazine. We want our homes to look like that. We want to have the best decorations in the street. We want to have the best looking Christmas dinner, best tasting Christmas dinner. We want to have the greatest, happiest family photos with no arguments, just smiles all around. We want it to look like the most incredible time of the year. And even before the pandemic, people would go away for holidays, skiing and all these things. And, and you think, yeah, oh my word, that looks like an amazing Christmas. And it puts pressure on us, doesn't it? To make us want to have a good Christmas as well and to try and com- compete with all of that. But the reality is, all of that is a facade. All of that is a front. It is just a front to, to make Christmas look like something that more often than not for most people, it's actually not the happiest time of the year. It's not the best time of year. You know, Christmas can actually be one of the most difficult times of year for a whole load of reasons. Maybe it's difficult because of loss. Maybe you've suffered loss this year. You've lost a loved one or somebody's walked out on you and it's a difficult time of year. Christmas is difficult for a lot of people due to to financial reasons. It's a time of poverty. 
And you know, we see that every single week, especially as we build up to Christmas with food bank, we see the difficulties with that. It's part, a time of poverty. People are struggling to put dinner on the tables. People are struggling and worried and, and heartbroken over the fact they can't provide presents for their children. And that's you in our community. That's not just in Africa or places far away. That's you on our doorstep. It can be a difficult time of the year. It can be a time of loneliness for a lot of people when everyone else looks like they're surrounded by loved ones. People can feel alone and feel abandoned. You know, Christmas time is often the time of year where depression is on the rise the most. People are so depressed over the Christmas time because there's a false sense of happiness around it. You know, I believe this morning that the word of the Lord for someone here today, or maybe somebody who's watching online, is that actually it's okay not to be okay at Christmas. It's okay not to be okay. It's okay that if your Christmas doesn't line up with Andy Williams' song, it's the most wonderful time of year. However, that's not an excuse for us just to be depressed or to have a pity party or feel sorry for ourselves. Because we are reminded when we look at the Bible, we are reminded when we look at the gospel, the stories in Matthew and Luke, that despite the hardship that we face in this life, despite the hardship and the stress and the difficulties that Mary and Joseph experienced, they st- we still see the faithful hand of God in it all. And even over this Christmas time, if it is the most difficult time of the year for you, then you should know that despite the difficulties, despite the stress, God has not forgotten you, but God is with you in the difficulty. Because we see in this gospel story that out of the hurry came hope. Out of the difficulty came the deliverer. And out of the stress came the savior. Despite the difficulty, the savior of the world was born. The greatest hope that has ever come to this earth came to this earth. Luke chapter two, verse six to seven says, and while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son, She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. What does this incredible moment in history, this incredible miracle show us and mean for you and for me? Well, it shows us that God is not deterred by our difficulties. God isn't put off by our difficulties, our hardships, our stress, our pain, and our hurt. It shows us actually that God is right there with us in those tough times, in those brokenness, in those seasons of difficulty, in those times where we're stressed out to the max, where we rushed off our feet, where we're tired, when we feel alone. It shows us that God is right there in those difficult moments, shows us that God doesn't wait for us to have an Instagram life, a picture-perfect life where everything is great, where we're always happy, we're always joyful, and nothing comes our way. But it shows us that God is actually a God who is with us in the tough times, in the difficult times, in the broken times. We see here that Mary and Joseph, they encountered this life-altering call from God himself. They had this incredible encounter with this angel, and this empowered them to follow the call of God on their life, despite their hard circumstances, despite what came their way. They had this call from God and they knew that, yes, it's hard, but God is with us in this. God is with us in this situation. They knew that God wasn't deterred by that. I know the good news for you and me is that each and every one of us here, I'm looking out in our congregation and I believe most of us, if not all of us, are saved here this morning. We all know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And the good news is, 
is that because we've encountered and experienced Jesus and know Jesus as our Lord and Savior, then we can have hope this Christmas time that yes, things might be difficult, but we have a hope that God is with us and that God will carry us through this difficult time. He will bring us through the stress. He will bring us through the loneliness. He will bring us through the difficulty. Now, this Christmas time, you may not be traveling to Bethlehem. If you are traveling to Bethlehem, please make sure to isolate for 14 days. But most of us here, if not all of us here, we aren't traveling to Bethlehem this Christmas time. But maybe you do feel alone. Maybe you've come here and it is a tough time of year. Maybe it's hard. Maybe it's difficult. Maybe you're struggling financially. Maybe you're worried about your health this Christmas. Maybe you find it a tough time of year. and Maybe you just need somebody to come around you and say, look, I'm here for you. I'm here. It's okay. Maybe you need somebody just to say, I'm praying for you. You know, I want to encourage you this Christmas. I believe God wants to remind us this Christmas that as followers of Jesus, regardless of the circumstances of the season, we have an abiding hope in the person of Jesus Christ. Our hope this morning isn't in a thing, it is in a person. And our hope is in Jesus Christ. That despite the difficulties, hope has come and he will bring us through the difficulties. He will bring us through the struggle. And so I want to encourage you this Christmas, get rid of all the false expectations. Get rid of all the pressures that society and the world would put on you and your friends and even family members would put on you about having a great Christmas, a fantastic Christmas. Know that it's okay not to be okay, but know also this morning that you have a hope. No, don't get discouraged. Don't be defeated. Don't feel alone or abandoned. Know that you are not on your own today. We've already sung it that his name is Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Emmanuel. He is God with us. And if you feel alone today, know you will never be on your own. That yes, you might experience difficulties, but know that God is with you in the difficulties. For the Bible says he will never leave us nor forsake us. He is the God who carries us through that. We have a hope today. We can have joy this Christmas. We can know life this Christmas because it is found in one person and in one person alone. And his name is Jesus. So we have hope today. We have hope this Christmas. But we also have a hope that because of Jesus, that we one day will be with him for all of eternity. And yes, we're experiencing hurt right now. Yes, you might feel pain. Yes, you might feel lonely right now. But no, and Christmas reminds us that this isn't our home. Earth isn't our home. Heaven is our home. We will be with our Savior for all of eternity. And my Bible says in Revelation chapter 21, that in heaven, there is no more pain. There is no more tears. There is no more hurt. There is no more hardship. There is no more suffering. There is no more sin. We will be with our Savior for all of eternity because he is alive and he has overcome. So this Christmas time, there is a hope that can sustain you through this season and beyond this season. And his name is Jesus. Look to him. Call on him. Know the season that you are not on your own. It might not be the most wonderful time of year, but know that God is not deterred by your difficulty, but you have Emmanuel with you. God is with you. You have hope this Christmas and his name is Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. For more content from Gateway and to connect with us, go to gatewaychurchcumry.co.uk. Have a great day.